This is Second Story Radio. I'm Jackie Sujigo. First came the cough, like a cold. But this cough lingered. It grew heavy in her chest. She coughed all the time, more and more every day. She was constantly tired. And she was never hungry anymore. But she kept going to work at the factory, alongside dozens of other women, including her sister Mary, to run the huge, loud, and dirty machinery. And Alice watched as Mary started to cough, too. It was 1885, and Alice and Mary Hunt both had tuberculosis. Tuberculosis didn't kill immediately. You might live 10 years after your diagnosis, chronically ill, until eventually your immune system gave up and you died. Doctors couldn't do a lot for lungers. That's what people with TB called themselves. It wasn't until 1882 that scientists even figured out that a bacteria caused tuberculosis. Really, the only thing doctors could prescribe were cod liver oil and bed rest. And neither of these were very effective. But in 1885, Alice and Mary Hunt packed their bags and left their apartment. They headed out of New York City to upstate New York, to Saranac Lake, where a little red cottage was waiting for them. They were going to the sanitarium. Their little red cottage was the first of dozens of buildings on 90 acres of land that would make up the Adirondack Cottage Sanitarium. The land and buildings were donated by Saranac Lake residents or bought with money raised by public health advocates. Patients at the Adirondack Cottage Sanitarium followed a strict regimen set out by Dr. Edward Trudeau. Instead of being confined to bed rest, patients were sent on walks on the grounds and were exposed to fresh air at all times. The windows of their cottage were always open, even at night, no matter what the weather. And it seemed to work. It was called the open-air treatment. More patients at the Adirondack Cottage Sanitarium seemed to get better more often than doctors had seen with any other treatment. Sanitariums in Germany and Britain running the same treatment got similar results, although doctors did tend to select patients who had the best chance of recovery for their new open-air treatment. But whether or not it was effective, the idea of treating tuberculosis just through fresh air spread like wildfire to the rest of Europe and to North America. The open-air treatment didn't really stop the epidemic in the end. Antibiotics did. And thanks to antibiotics, tuberculosis wasn't so bad by the early 1900s. But it was hard for the public to forget their fear of it. People really, really wanted to make sure they didn't get TB. And if the open air was so good for curing tuberculosis, it must be a good preventative treatment, too. New sanitariums were built with open air in mind, with a sleeping porch off every room. They were typically a small room with windows on three sides to let in light and plenty of fresh air, with the fourth wall connecting back to the rest of the building. Hospitals started to build sleeping porches for their patients, too. Architects who helped design these new features let it influence their designs on other projects. Something started happening in people's homes. In growing Midwestern cities, like Omaha and St. Louis and Chicago, architects started building those same sleeping porches from hospitals and sanitariums 
into apartment buildings. It was all the benefits of open air without ever leaving your home. Architecture is decided by architects, kind of. It's not something that's practiced in isolation. Architecture deals directly with how we live. In a lot of ways, the way we make our buildings says a lot more about us, what we value and what we don't value, and what mattered and what didn't matter at a particular time. Thanks for listening. Second Story Radio is a production of the Nebraska State Historical Society. Special thanks to Jennifer Honebrink for her help with this story. You can find us online at secondstoryradio.tumblr.com and in the iTunes store. <laughs>